We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He brings the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I... I think they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. Oh. And he's doing a great job. Okay. I need you to man up and say what you really want to say. Simon, you're doing a great job. And together, they are Steiny and Guru. Yeah. On 95.7 The Game. All righty. What is going on? Matt Steinmetz along with Evan Giddings today. Dial the Guru Johnson out. We'll see him next year. We'll see Guru next year. And I uh, hope everybody is uh, enjoying their holiday week. Which reminds me. Did anybody wish a happy birthday to Brock Purdy today? It's Brock Purdy's birthday. He's one of those guys. He, he's one of those guys with a birthday... Near Christmas. How do you game plan for a guy with a birthday near Christmas? Especially one that's two days after the big day. One day after the official holiday. So he gets presents, he gets a day off, apparently. And now, he's got a birthday. You know, it's funny because it's, it's, a, it's a lose-lose. Because he gets hosed on gifts. But then the people in his family get hosed, too, because they actually have to think about two things. Multiple gifts. Yeah. Rather than just, okay, we got Brock's you know, Christmas, let's get him that toy truck. Got to buy two pop Now it's Yeah, now what are you going to do? After you buy the truck, then what? Then what about the Ken doll? You got to come back with a Ken doll a day or two later. And you got to do it before the weekend mm-hmm. because everything's closed. Nothing's closed anymore, is it? Oh, on Christmas Day. That's over, though, now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you got to do it before the, the weekend. Way, that's the other thing that happened to me. So, you know, I got kids. It's Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. Since when? Do, I thought those were family days. Nobody goes out on Christmas Eve, and yet I got my kids are going to like parties and stuff on Christmas Eve. I think the, the Christmas Eve, or especially the weekend, is a weekend where a lot of people that are back in town reconvene, go out Friday, Saturday. I know it was honestly a perfect uh, situation this weekend for for myself and a couple oh. of high school buddies. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what's most important. Matt Steinmetz, Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 The Game. We got Golden State Warriors, Charlotte Hornets tonight, seven o'clock start. I mean, 6 o'clock Warriors Live with John Dickinson and, let me tell you something. They better win tonight, the Warriors. This team stinks. 9-25. and 25. The question is, to me, and I think, I think, look, when the Warriors played the Memphis Grizzlies, there's absolutely uh, no doubt about it that the veteran players wanted to win that game. And maybe because the veteran players were... Clearly into that game, they they lifted up the the younger players too, and it came, you know, they came up with a team effort that was very impressive. Question is, can they sustain that? Can Draymond Green and and Clay to a to an extent and Pool, like, can they continue that effort? And I'm looking at their next two games; they have a back to back. And see, this is to me, Evan, what makes it so difficult is, can you go out there and get a win tonight? Yes. All right, but is Clay playing tomorrow? Probably not against Utah. 
What about Draymond? Well, he's he's uh, I think he's probable tonight. So if that's the case, he might not play back. And it's you get into that. How do you build any momentum if you you can't string together a winning streak? Well, this is kind of where they were at after the Boston game, except they had to hit the road where they've been horrendous. At Chase Center, they've been a completely different team. We've seen both sides of the coin with the Warriors. And now, if you really are a team that wants to get itself out of the cellar, I mean, right now as they stand, they're in 11th place in the West. Right. So they're not even in the play-in tournament, nevertheless, out. If you want to find yourself in a top-six seed, which, as we discussed yesterday, is a place where I think they need to be, then these games matter. So, so you cannot overlook a Charlotte team that is second to last when it comes to net rating in the NBA, that has only had its best player for 10 games this season in a LaMelo ball, and then you're looking at a Jazz team that, honestly, you should be wanting to play up for because they stole your lunch the last time That's you true. played them, and you blew that game, choked it away on the road. So you got two games that you should win, that you should want to win, and that equation, according to Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and everyone else, of the elder statesmen that wants to find different reasons to win games, that is trying to come up with different ways to motivate themselves. Well, you got it right in front of you. Exactly. Exactly. They're one to know. This is the start of an eight-game homestand. Can they get to six and two? They've, they're already one to know. Can they go six and two? Can they win five of the next seven at home? I know. Optimistically, Warrior fans are are programmed to think. They can go 8-0 on this. Uh, but can they? They only have one back-to-back, and it's it's tonight and tomorrow against Utah. Uh, tonight, Hornets, tomorrow, Utah. So maybe it can be done. I'll tell you what. You want to make some – you want to give me a hot take right now? I'm just going to lay um, – let's put the round on the table. You know how to do that yet, Craig? I think yesterday was – there we go. All right. uh, you can't do this every game, but tonight it's just slapping you in the face. Uh, James, it's been two and a half years since the 2020 draft. James Wiseman went two. LaMelo Ball went three. Evan, Warriors make a mistake. They make a mistake. Should they have drafted LaMelo Ball? It depends. No, no, no. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, they did. If you look at the other guys in that draft and you take a look at LaMelo Ball, you look at a Kong Wu, as you put up yesterday, you look at Jalen Smith, you look at Tyrese Halliburton, you look at Cole Anthony, you look at Sadiq Bey, Precious Achua. All those players are better than James Wiseman right now. Correct. That means that if you are redrafting this draft, James Wiseman would not be the second pick. You're right. Where do you fall? <laughs> the the issue is mm-hmm. yes they made a mistake they made a mistake right now yeah they did they made a mistake um, and he, here's the other thing and it's not just Lamelo Ball although you brought up an interesting point had they drafted Lamelo Ball they might right now be sitting with Pool Ball and Curry and Clay and who Clay knows that that might have worked but. My my point yesterday was that if you draft LaMelo Ball, you don't have any minutes for Jordan Poole. They play the same position. Right. But, listen, I the reason, the one thing I liked about LaMelo Ball was he, he's a pass guy. 
he, he likes to pass. And I didn't think he could shoot, but his shooting's a little better than I thought. But, like, I don't, I never think he can have too many passers. So it ne- he never, I get it, he's a guard. But I, if, if you were telling me before the draft, LaMelo Ball is the best passer in this draft, then I don't think that ever hurts you as a team. So I'll tell you this, the Warriors would have more would have had more clout with LaMelo Ball. Oh yeah. And more uh operating from a position of strength. But I'm interested to hear what Warrior fans say. 888-957-9570 is the number. That's also the Xfinity Mobile text line. The Charlotte Hornets are in town. It's it's hitting you right in the face. LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman play tonight. Now, James Wiseman's put together two games where it's kind of interesting. One game was all numbers that people say didn't matter, and then the next game was no numbers but an impact, and people said, hey, he's chipping in. Hey, you got LaMelo Ball in town. If I'm James Wiseman, I'm, I'm trying to do some things tonight. Aren't you? It sounds like he's going to get do, a do chance. You he, do you think he cares at all that LaMelo Ball is in town? Do you think that's crossed his mind at all? Absolutely. Okay. If he's the type of competitor that I think he is and that he needs to be to be an NBA player, yes, he has thought about LaMelo Ball coming into his house. Here's Okay. So I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. Wiseman's thinking that way. Here's the thing. I hope, though, that he goes into the game tonight and says, I'm going to get every rebound. I'm going to get every rebound. I'm going to try to block every shot. Not, I'm going try to try to knock down a three to start the game. And uh, I'm going to try to, hopefully they'll get, they'll get me some touches on the block. All he's got to do is impact that game defensively somehow tonight. And we'll see if he can or not. But, but James Wiseman and LaMelo Ball, um, they're going at it tonight. Both expected to play. Uh, by the way, Wiggins out. Wiggins out. You know what? That's that's the other thing. I mean, they're missing their top two players, the Warriors, right now. Curry and Wiggins, right? And you don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, we thought Wiggins would be back on Christmas. Yeah. We thought he'd be back potentially before Christmas. Steph Curry is reevaluated in two weeks. So you don't know how long those guys are going to be out. If Steph Curry misses, you know, they said optimistically when he got hurt that it would be four to six weeks. Okay, well, right now he'll be reevaluated after four weeks. I can't imagine that he'll immediately be back then. So right now, best-case scenario, looking at six weeks without Stephen Curry, that's another reason that these games, these winnable games now, mean more to Golden State. Because you don't know how long you're going to have. I mean, I can't imagine Steph is going to come back in the middle of a road trip. He might. I don't know when Andrew Wiggins is going to come back. And I don't think the Warriors do either. So if you are in a position right now where you are looking up at 10 teams in the Western Conference, you got to find a way to stack some wins. And these teams tonight, tomorrow, they, they have not shown to be able to, even at home, string together, especially in back-to-backs, like consecutive three, four, five good games in a row. And if Draymond Green is talking about, and Clay Thompson are talking about, how important confidence is, how important the mental aspect of the game is, which they clearly did not display on their last road trip, then these are get-right games. No doubt. 
and you need them more not 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 necessarily just to pile up Ws, although that is important. But if if you're a team that prides themselves on being mentally tough, in which they weren't against Brooklyn, against New York, against Indiana on the road, then these are games that you can't afford to lose because that's going to impact your mental even more. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. And I, I think this is a huge stretch of games for the Warriors, these home games. Because if they don't get right over the next two weeks, the next seven games, I think there could be significant moves made one way or the other. And I'll explain that in a sec. Let's go to Gabriel. Gabriel's in Fremont. What's up, Gabriel? How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Love the show, man. Thank you. I'll make it quick. Uh, I just wanted to comment on James Wiseman, how everybody's, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's a buzz. This and that. Let the kid play, man. You don't know what he is until he plays. This guy's been a star ever since he got into the NBA. His confidence is not there. It's obvious, right? Because he doesn't play. Let the kid play. Let's see what he can do. Thank you, guys. Love the show. Appreciate the call, Gabriel. Appreciate the call. See, I think if you're a Warrior fan right now, it's it's set up perfectly in a way to at least be able to assess who you are. You ready to take me? You ready to? Uh, I'll take you through it. Yeah, dive into the deep end. Okay, here we go. No Steph Curry. He's out. Yep. You know that. He's going to be out for the rest of the homestand, most likely. They got seven more games. Okay. What do you want to do if you're the Golden State Warriors? To me, I think you want to have a winning homestand. Five and three. To minimum. me, is the minimum. It's the minimum. But you you want to go six and two. But my but my bigger point is, can you get these young players? And you know what? I'm throwing them in there. Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, Lamb, and Ty Jerome. Those guys, and even DiVincenzo, even though he's a little older than those guys, those guys helped you win against Memphis. In fact, you don't win against Memphis without a couple of those guys. So can the Warriors be successful during an eight-game homestand without Curry and with Wiggins missing, let's say, half of it? Can you get out of here 6-2? and two? Okay, if you get out of here 6-2 and two without Curry on this homestand and the young players are starting to contribute like they did against Memphis more than they have in the past? Okay, now what? Well, now we're two games over 500, and we're headed out on the road. Okay, well, guess what? We stink on the road. We're, we're, we're the worst team in the NBA on the road. Well, you know what? Good, because at least at that point, you know that you've stunk on the road. So you can build off that. We got a five-game road trip. Can we win a couple of these road games? Can we start becoming a better road team? Guess what? We went out on the road. We won two of five. Not great, but better than two and fifteen or whatever they are on the road. And then at that point, now you're now you're getting close to the end of January. At that point, I think you start saying, with a move or two, can we realistically win it all or make a big time run? You get, but you're going to have to look at the mirror at that point. But at least you have more evidence and more, uh, you know, more information at that point. Yeah, and it's not often that you're given kind of a, a second reset in a in a season, especially against big opponents. Like against Boston, I think the Warriors thought that that could be a turning point. Steve Kerr said it. Draymond Green said it. I'm sure a lot of people on the team felt that. Now you're in a similar situation, but you're in a place in which you've been successful. They are 13-2 and two at home. You have your next six at Chase Center. You've just beaten the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that 
you have wanted to kill throughout this season, especially the week after they're talking about how they're not worried about the Western Conference. Okay, well, now, now the Warriors need to prove what John Morant said, which is we ain't worried about the West. Okay, well, tell me why you shouldn't be worried about this. Show me why you shouldn't be worried about the West. If you're not, this team in Charlotte already beat you on the road. Utah already beat you yep. on the road. Now, these are teams upcoming for the Warriors that they can beat, that I'm sure they feel like they should beat. And now you bring in the bring into the equation, like you said, the young guys of Kaminga, Moody, along with Wiseman, hopefully. Jamichael Green, probably not going to be playing tonight. That right. gives Wiseman more minutes. In those 10 minutes, between all three of them, we need to see more of what we did against Memphis, which was playing together, not as individuals. Like, at the beginning of the season, it's totally understandable to think that Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman are all working on their individual games. They just came off Summer League. They're trying to work on things to get better as individual players. The Warriors don't need them to be individuals. They need them to play like a team. And now without Curry and Wiggins, it gives them more opportunity to play within the flow of the offense and especially the defense. And defense is where the Warriors have struggled. And defense is where all three of those guys, save Lamb and Jerome, all three of those young guys can help this team because of their length and athleticism. And that's what I want to see against a Charlotte team that is one of the worst scoring teams in the league, against a Utah team that has sputtered since its hot start. In these next two games, in a back-to-back, you need your young guys to help you in the area that you have been porous in this season, which is 25th in defense, for a team that prides itself on defending the hoop. They haven't done it this year, but showed against Memphis that they're taking the proper steps to turn that around. Well, and if they're... Core is getting older, which we all know it is. They need the young guys to play with more energy. And and the young guys got to play with the energy the nights that the veterans might not have it. Let's go to Gene. Gene's in Oakland. What's up, Gene? How you doing? Uh, doing great. <clears throat> Excuse me. First of all, so I want to say that I, I've never been in, uh, in favor of the, of the youth movement by the uh, Warriors uh, from the beginning. Uh, I just don't believe that you can take a bunch of raw young talent, put them on a team that's, you know, basically championship ready, and develop them properly. I mean, if you got a, a certified, you know, future superstar to, to draft, that's that's one thing. But it just takes, I just think it takes too long, and that's, I think that's what we're, we're seeing right now. I mean, you've only got one of these young guys, uh, Kaminga, who's really contributing on a regular basis, and he still needs, you know, a lot more work, really. Um, so, and and with regards to Wiseman, I've always I've felt from the beginning with Wiseman that maybe he was he's miscast. I don't I've never seen him as a rim protecting center. Um, frankly, he looks more like a shooting forward to me, and maybe maybe he should be playing more away from the basket. Yeah, thanks, Gene. I, I don't like that at all. I don't think that's why they drafted him. To be like, okay, so, and and look, I do think the Warriors did draft Wiseman, Kaminga, in hopes that they could become the, the superstar that Gene is talking about wanting from a young guy. Like, that is the hope. But right now, it hasn't worked out that way. That's why we're saying that, yes, LaMelo Ball should have been the pick, or Tyrese Halliburton should have been the pick right now over James Wiseman. But in five years, which is 
I imagine the reason why they took him to be the bridge between this generation and whatever the next iteration of Warriors basketball is going to be, that is the question that remains for Golden State and for James Wiseman. This season, though, again, they don't need him to be the superstar center. They need him to be a backup big that can defend, that can run the floor, and that can finish around the rim at a 61% rate, which he's doing right now. And they need him to not hurt them in the 10 minutes that he's on the court. That's not asking a lot, but he's shown that it has been difficult for him to do up until, I would say, the last two games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but the other thing, well, not but the other thing, I mean, the, the part you got to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge it, and I don't know where it fits in, and maybe once you acknowledge it, then you can criticize the Warriors more if you really feel that way, but LaMelo Ball starts every game that he's healthy for a terrible team. They stink, and he's put up numbers. And he's got some flash. There's no doubt about it. And he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He is. Um, but you don't think James Wiseman on the Charlotte Hornets would be averaging 15? I bet he'd. I bet he'd be averaging 15 a game, and they'd be nine and 25, right? Look, we have our own case study in Golden State. His name is Jordan Poole. When he starts, you see the numbers that he puts up. When he comes off the bench, you see the numbers that he doesn't put up. I mean, right. it clearly affects young guys when you get opportunity to make mistakes, to play like you've played your whole life, and then when you're kind of put into somewhat of a role or a box that James Wiseman is trying to earn his way out of, yes, there's going to be a drop-off, and in a James Wiseman case, I believe a significant one. Yeah, I, I'm kind of interested to see if this is any kind of springboard for Wiseman. But let me, and I've tried to emphasize this, and I, I want to know what you think, and I want to know what, what Warrior fans think. So they're a championship team, essentially, in 2020. The Wiseman draft. They're a championship team put together. Why, why would you draft the most raw player in the draft Unless you acknowledged to yourself, no, he's not. We're not drafting him for next year. We get it. We, we know he's not going to play a lot because we are a cha- like. That's the part that I don't necessarily think that Joe Lacob and Bob Myers were saying when we draft Wiseman, it means that we must develop him in the Steph Curry era. I don't think they were thinking that. I think they were looking at Wiseman and saying, this guy's 7-1. He's, he's got a shot to be unbelievable. Whether they're right or right, we're taking him. Well, he's only 19 and we're a championship team. I don't care. What if he's David Robinson? What if he's Chris Bosh? You know, what if he's Jermaine O'Neal, even? So, like, I, I'm willing, like, that's the part that I think isn't as cut and dried as I think people think, and that is that, how did they not, like, they thought Wiseman would be further along. Of course they did. But I'm not so sure that they saw Wiseman as somebody who was going to be able to win, uh, you know, titles as the starting center this year or last year. Definitely not this year. Definitely not last year. But to me, Wiseman and Kaminga to some extent, too, 
they are light years picks. Like, they are picks that you make if you think that you're so far ahead of everyone else that you don't need much to still contend for titles. And in fact, you can improve your chances down the line by, in a way, stockpiling these these talents, stockpiling these picks so that they can develop under Curry and Clay and Dre and under and learn under this you know this Warriors winning culture and then be able to take the mantle whenever this generation is done. I think one thing that they maybe didn't count on was the fact that Curry looks like he's going to be playing at such a high level for the next few seasons that Draymond along with Klay Thompson were going to take steps back as quickly as they did. And so you're stuck in the middle of, well, do we want to try to maximize this window or do we want to rush the next window? And right now, they don't have enough minutes to hand out to see if those young guys can play at this level. I think they tried to do it at the beginning of the season, and we saw what happened, which right. was they were all they were all playing like kids. Yeah. Uh, a couple things here from the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, uh, 415. They drafted Wiseman to contribute as much as other rookies in the past. All right. How many rookies play a lot on a championship team their their, their first year, especially when they have no college experience. Uh, you, uh, 510 says, stop it, Steiner. You know the Warriors expected more from Wiseman by now. No, I'm acknowledging that. Of course they want Wiseman to be further along That's why than, he started. He, than he is now. That's why he started his first season. Correct. But, but what I'm getting at, as it relates to Wiseman, is I don't believe the Warriors drafted him with the expectation that he would be phenomenal by now. No, I mean, take, like, I, I, I'm sorry. I think they, you know, the, the idea to me would be, okay, look, we're drafting a 19-year-old kid. He, it's going to take him four or five years. Perfect. Maybe he'll be David Robinson when Steph Curry retires. And it's like, oh, my God, we got David Robinson. That's, that would be the ideal. Absolutely. Yeah, you're hoping that he can be, I know you've brought this name up before, to be Jermaine O'Neal. The first four years in the league to yep. sit, average three points, play ten minutes a night develop it behind the scenes, and then the moment that he gets a chance to start can blossom into an all-star center. That's the goal. The issue is there's a reason why we can only pull one name out of that hat because it doesn't often work out that way where you can thread the needle so perfectly that your second timeline is ready to handle the reins and the expectations of trying to compete for a title. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. That's also the Xfinity mobile text line we're talking about. James Wiseman with LaMelo Ball in town. Can't help you. I can't help but think about what if. Question is, what if the Warriors did have Curry, Poole, and LaMelo Ball? Would that be good? Would that be bad? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Listen, James Wiseman still has time. We're going to talk more about it on 95.7 The Game.
to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Come on. The Capital Mania Bowl? Camellia. Two six and six teams? Georgia Southern versus Buffalo? Oh, you know what they say. Come on. When those two teams get together, throw out the record book. First of all, they've never gotten together before. You don't know that. Yeah, I'm going to bet Georgia Southern has not played. I'll bet this is the first ever meeting. By the way, you don't have to say first ever. You can just say first. This is the first meeting between Buffalo and uh, Georgia Southern. I'm calling it right here, right now, out in the Bay Area. No, participation trophies are going all around. I mean, that's what college football is really about at the end of the season. Participation. Two six and six teams. Georgia Southern. All right, Matt Steinmetz, Evan Giddings with you. Dally Guru Johnson uh, has the week off. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors. They're in town tonight and for the next seven games. Longest homestand of the season. Uh, they're 1-0. It's a, totally, it's a total of eight games at home, so they have seven left. Tonight against the Hornets, tomorrow against the Jazz. And my feeling is you got to get both these. you got to start getting rolling at some point. But, but I get it. I get the inherent problem, though, is... Probably going to have to play tomorrow night without Clay. It looks like if Wiggins is out tonight, probably going to miss tomorrow. I would assume so. So you're going to have to go. You're going to have to beat the Jazz undermanned. And all I'm saying is that's made it tough to try to to, to get rolling because every five games Clay misses, Draymond misses a couple. Steph obviously is hurt, so they they got to figure out a way to win their next two games. And that gets them to 500, and then, then you start thinking, all right, now, now we're moving. The, the the issue too is these types of games haven't been an issue in the past for the Warriors for for these you know this generation of Warriors because you're looking at one a team that at this point of the year probably has a better record. We're looking at last season. This team has got you know 20, 23 wins at this point. And so you don't need to chase the W's as bad as you need them now. The second part about that is your bench has also generally been better. You've had guys, more so veterans, but players that can contribute, can step up, can start. And you don't have to worry about as much of a fall-off. Guys that are more solidified in their roles. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Warriors are still trying to figure out what these guys on the bench and their roles are going to be. That's another place where I think these two games and the rest of this homestand is valuable. Because if you do get rolling, if you do pile up some wins, that of course affects your confidence. But it also affects how you feel about your place on this team. And that's something the Warriors have not been able to answer yet outside of, say, their top five or six guys, two of which are currently hurt. Yeah, they, they're still figuring some stuff out, obviously. Roles. But, the, I mean, it's not even fair to say they're figuring out roles. I mean, Steve Kerr's got to figure out if he can... If he has a role for Wiseman, if this is who he's going to be. Uh, let's go to uh, KT. KT's in Oakland. What's up, KT? How you doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing well. Yo. Congratulations, man. I heard you're out for a minute for your daughter's schooling thing, so uh, I was just listening in. Oh, thank Everything you. Going. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
Uh, well, Matt, you know, we go back to the club one day. So yes, sir. I just want to say about the Warriors is that, you know, after some of the fans out here are just, you know, they're, they're just thinking like fans. I mean, when you draft young guys and you're a championship caliber team, you're drafting for the future. So, you know, they might not pan out in the first couple of years, but, you know, some do, some don't. But what you do is you build, you stay competitive and with your core guys, and those young guys grow into their roles, and then you're a better team in the future. So when everybody say get rid of Wiseman and everything, I mean, you can say the same thing when they said that about Curry. When he came in, had the ankle problems, they wanted to pass on yeah. by him. Uh, Wiggins, same thing. Uh, Looney, we kept Looney after, what, three or four surgeries. I can even go back to Chris Mullen when Chris Mullen was having a problem with, you know, with the drinking thing, and they wanted to get rid of Mullen. But we stayed with him, and look how, how that turned out. He's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, you got to – when you draft, you and you got a competitive team. Not back there when Melvin was drafted, but when you got a competitive team, you let them run guys grow into their roles, yeah. and you just don't throw them away just because they have a couple of bad seasons. And we're not going to win a championship every year. You got to stay competitive to stay in that position to catapult yourself for the down year. So. The fans who talk about get rid of this guy and get rid of these young guys, they're not giving them a chance, and I think they're being a little too greedy on just thinking the Warriors are going to win every – you know, it's not like that anymore. It's not like, like the Boston era when everybody was winning seven championships. Right. Well, it's competitive. So, you know, you just stay competitive. You keep your core guys, let the guys come up and grow into their roles, and then, you you know, you're in position a couple of years down the road. Yes, sir, KT. I'm with you. By the way, KT, a, uh... Seems like he knows you. He does. Okay. Solid power forward. Back in the day, although he could he could stretch a little bit, he stretch, could stretch a little bit, but he was strong, Oof, strong guy, ahead of his time. <laughs> he could defend too. Uh, listen, unless let's say, do you think the Warriors right now know if James Wiseman is an NBA player or not? You would hope. Okay, but my point is this: unless. Somebody in that organization, Joe Lacob, gives up on Wiseman or mm-hmm. thinks that Wiseman can't play. He's going to stay. Like, then you can't trade him right now. Like, you better be, if, you, if you're the Golden State Warriors and you're entertaining moving James Wiseman, I'm sorry, you better be convinced he's not going to be very good. We don't think. We've changed our mind on him. We thought he was going to be really good. We brought him in here for three years. He wasn't who we thought he was. He had some bad luck with injuries. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not trading James Wiseman right now when he's been hurt over half his career. Yeah, I don't think anybody's giving up on James Wiseman. I I disagree. I disagree. I think people are. Let's go to Steve in Fairfield. Let's find out. What's up, Steve? How you doing, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you know, the negatives are easy to see on Wiseman. He needs to rebound more. He needs to stay down on defense and not pick up the cheap fouls. Probably his biggest negative is that he's more concerned about the role to score than the pick. And when you have the greatest shooter of all time and great shooters like Jordan and Clay, you got to set that pick hard and free him up. And I know Kerr's been negative on him about that. Having said all that, I think he's a tremendous talent at seven foot one, can shoot inside and outside. And I blame the coaches for some of what he's doing in the negative sense. Um, but, Steiny, I agree with you. And the person I think that's negative on him is Steve Kerr. I yeah. really believe that actions speak louder than words. And um, even when he has a good game, Steve Kerr's kind of negative on him. And um, I think he'll be traded at the deadline, which is going to be a travesty, because I'll tell you what, 
Um, I really believe it'll go down to when the Warriors traded um, Robert Parrish and the rights to Kevin yeah. rights became oh, Kevin McHale for Joe Barely Cares. I really believe it because Steve Kerr is done with Wiseman. I've seen it in his action and his words. Even when he has a great game, Steve's pretty negative on him. Thank so um, yep. I hope it's not the case. I think he's a tremendous talent. No regret it. Thanks, Steve. Mm. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yep. Because you brought up this scenario before the show, and I'll, I'll spell it out. And if you want to jump into the conversation, we're talking about the Warriors. James Wiseman um, contributed to the win on Christmas, no doubt about it. LaMelo Ball in town. He was the third pick. Wiseman was the second pick. And uh, They're Mello, forever linked. They are. They're forever linked. Somebody on the text line uh, said, what really stunk is the Warriors had the worst record that year. They're 15-50. and 50. And um, the texter said they should have had the number one pick. Yeah. And you know what? Let me ask you what you think of this. Because everybody knows I love hypotheticals. I don't think they draft Anthony Edwards with the number one pick. The Warriors. I think they draft Wiseman. Yeah, I, I think the way that the last two and a half years have played out have shown that there were better players in that draft than James Wiseman but they were fixated on him for whatever reason. I mean, it, it's what the caller laid out. Look, he's, he's large. He's got athleticism. He can shoot inside and out. His offensive, the highlights of James Wiseman were infatuating. So I can't blame them for being intrigued and enamored by him. But, yes, LaMelo Ball has proven himself to be a better NBA player. Anthony Edwards is a better NBA player but the Warriors wanted James Wiseman. That much I feel like we know at this point. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you there. I tend to agree with you there. Uh, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. Th- this was always going to be the challenge of trying to win a title with young guys. It was just it was just always going to be the challenge to me. You put pre- you put inadvertent pressure on your younger players. Uh, to develop maybe more quickly than they were they were ready to develop. Here's let me get back to the the uh, situation that you kind of described. Hey, so hey. here we go. Play a little. Uh, uh, close your eyes and imagine if you if you're at home. Steve Kerr is in the office with Joe Lacob and Bob Myers is just sitting there. He's just sitting there. Yep. Um, and Joe Lacob says, uh, Steve, can we can we play Wiseman a little more? Can we play Wiseman a little more? Well, I would, but I don't think we can win with him right now. Well, I'm going to channel my inner guru. We're not really winning without him either right now. So 15 minutes a game you can't give him? I don't see it, Bob. (laughs) Joe. Joe? (laughs) Sorry, that was my Steiny. I agree. Uh, No, not I agree, but do you think there's – I think – I don't know if I want to say rift. That's too big of a word. Um do you believe Joe Lacob would like to see the young players play more than they're playing now? Joe Absolutely. Lacob. Absolutely. I also think that, and this is this is kind of my question, is like I think that there has been, for whatever reason, some disconnect between what the vision from the top of the organization is, ownership, front office combined, and what Steve Kerr has envisioned for either himself or this team. And I, I, I've always contended Steve Kerr's job is to win. That's why he was brought here, because the Warriors weren't winning at a level that Joe Lacob wanted his team to, or you know, 
the potential of this team was greater than he was getting when right. Steve Kerr took over. His job's to win. Okay, well, if Steve Kerr's job is to win, he has shown at the beginning of the season that he would rather, or feels he's better equipped to win with the two-way guys and Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome than Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman. Now that, I think that's starting to change, and we're starting to see Steve Kerr alter his rotations, partially because there's more minutes to go around with Curry and Wiggins out. But then what happens in these next six games at home? Can the young guys, can the 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 the, the up-and-comers, the Moody's, the Kamingas, the Wiseman's, can they change Steve Kerr's mind enough so that when Wiggins does come back, that when Curry does come back, that when the two-way guys are running out of games to play because they only get 50 this season, can those three core pieces of the future be ready enough to contribute 10 or 15 minutes Not on all any three. given night? Not all three in the same game. Well, we saw for the first time against Memphis that right. they could. That's right. That's but, what they're going to have to prove again and again and again. And, of course, once we get in the playoffs, they're going to have to prove it in a series. And, a and, game after game after game. And that's where, that's where if the great Bob Myers quote of when he, I said, I don't see it with those three guys. He said, well, what about one and a half of them? What about one guy and then kind of half of the other? And in I a was playoff like, scenario. Correct. And I was like, that's possible. They still got to go go somewhere. Let's go to Mark. Mark's going to put, to me, this is the biggest rat on the table in the Bay Area professional sports scene right now. Mark is going to put the biggest rat on the table. Mark Purdy? No. Oh. What's up, Mark? Hey, how you doing? How you doing today? Doing well. You know, I, I think we need to sign Bob Myers. I think he's the best GM in, in the NBA, and, and I don't want to lose him. And I think these young players need a chance, and I think they're going to get it on this homestand. And we'll get a really good look at these young kids. And I think we've got to be a little patient. But I think they're all young, and they show promise. So I wouldn't give up on any of them right yet. Hey, Mark, i got a question for you. Just yeah. as, a, as you're a Warrior fan, you're looking at it from the outside. Why do you think Bob Myers doesn't have a contract for next year? I don't know. I, I, you know, look at his record. Look at the results he gets, his drafting, everything. I mean, he's, to me, he's the best. I wouldn't lose him. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate the call. I mean, what? That, that's the other thing that is going to start, I think, becoming a bigger and bigger issue as we get toward June. And that's Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve Kerr's only got next year. Like, that's the, that's the other thing I was thinking that, that, to me, I'm finding fascinating is we were talking so much before the year about this team and where they are and their, you know, the dynasty and, and can they keep it going? And boy, it's going to be hard. I mean, we didn't even factor in that Bob Myers may be in his last year or Steve Kerr. Who's going to be the next coach of this team? And people will be like, why are you even talking like that, Steinmetz? Well, Kerr's only got one more year left on his deal. Myers has... Five more months left on his. What is going on <laughs> in Golden State? I think that we're starting to figure out, and we will more so this offseason, depending on what happens with Bob Myers, understand whether Bob and Steve are a part of the old timeline hmm. or if they're a part of the new timeline. Now, I know both of them haven't used the word timeline to describe what this team is undergoing, but if... Joe Lacob was the one that was you know, fixated on Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody and trying to gather you know, a stockpile talent that can affect winning in five years, maybe a little bit now, but more so in five years. Well, maybe Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, again, are 
you know, they're focused on winning now. And Bob Myers came out and said, you know, professionally, look, I'm not worried about next year. I'm trying to focus on this season. I believe he is because I believe they want to win and maximize this season. But that also means then that affects how they view the next wave of, of the Warriors, the next, you know, the Kamingas, the Moody's, the Wisemans. Like those three guys are probably viewed as, I don't want to say, you know, on, on the back burner, but. If their focus is on winning, then the focus is going to be on the top six guys on the team, not the three guys that are supposed to replace the top six guys or top three guys in five years. I read this quote the other day. I think I can't remember. It might have been by Jerry Tarkanian, the uh, legendary coach, where he said, you need eight guys who can play and four guys who are good cheerleaders. (laughs) That's basically what he said. And he's kind of right. 650 says, uh, are you serious? Myers will probably be gone because Lakeham will hire his son as the new GM and ruin everything. I don't know about that. I mean, look, Kirk Lakeham's in the picture. Yeah. Whether it's now or next year or the year after, I mean, there's just no doubt. Kirk Lakeham uh, is in the picture. Mike Dunleavy right now is the assistant GM, um, kind of Bob's right-hand guy. But again, Bob's not working with a contract for next year, so it's fair to say, huh, I wonder what's going on there. I find it hard to believe. I, I don't know. I. It doesn't make sense. Why doesn't he have a contract? Do you think it's possible that he doesn't want one? Well, let me ask you this. Let's say hypothetically you were winding down in your job. You kind of knew it. The pressure's coming on. Um, last year you could feel it, and the boss came up to you and said, tell you what, we'll give you... We're going to extend you two or three more years at, at big money, at, at that kind of money. Are you really saying, you know what, I'm not going to take it because I'm at a crossroad? No, I think you're going to take it. And then if you, ha- if you have to walk away from it, you will. You know what I mean? But if you're in a situation where, yes, last year was the highest of the highs. It was a championship that not a lot of people foresaw, maybe even inside the organization. Then you're saying, how long can I really keep this going? Like, sure, the Warriors might end up winning the title this year. We hope they do. But what if they don't? Then you're looking at, well, are they, are they going to get better next year? How are they going to get better next year? They're, they're cash-strapped a million different ways. They can't really add anyone. They're trying to fill out the back end of the roster. So if you're not good enough to win it this year, and you see teams around the rest of the league getting better, moving past you, then there might be a situation where... If I'm trying to decide whether I want a, a contract, I also have to decide what expectations come with that contract. And if you want to be well, the expectations with a title, exactly. But but what if you realize that you can't do you can't perform up to the expectation of your boss, and you're being paid, in a sense, to be what you once were with a far far superior team, no doubt. And that's to me what makes this. Th- I mean, think about this for a minute. So Bob Myers has two years left on his deal before last season. Two years left on Bob Myers' deal. Okay. Not time for a contract extension, but they win the title. He wins his fourth title as president of basketball operations. Fourth. Nobody saw it coming. He made some key signings. Wiggins' trade works out. Gary Payton, the second. Nice signing. He's got one more year left, and he's coming off a title? 
and he's a lame duck this year? Or you like I don't like when you think of it'd be one thing if the Warriors would have lost in the first round last year and Lake goes, you know what, let's sit tight a little, Bob. They won a title. <laughs> they came back and won a title. That's when you would in theory, reward Bob Myers. Hey, look, you got one more year. Let's rip that up. I'll give you a three for 30. I don't know. Right? You could What's argue, going on? You could argue it's the same reason why all the players are, are fighting for contracts. I mean, maybe not Poole, maybe not Wiggins, maybe not Curry, but Clay, Draymond. Those guys are fighting for their next deal, hopefully in Golden State, but you never know. It's a cutthroat business. And that's, I think, what we're probably starting to see more now than ever with this golden era of basketball. It's like money is at the core of all of it. And if you have an expectation to be at the top, Joe Joe Lacob has already laid out what he wants for the Warriors. That's 16 titles in 33 years, whatever Jerry Buss did for the Lakers. So if that's the goal and you don't see someone in your organization that can help you get there, then you would move on from that person. Or that person would move on from you if they can't give you what you want. So it could be something mutual. It could be one side or the other. But it's something that is probably the most important storyline moving forward from this season is what is going to happen in the Warriors' front office. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 888-957-9570 is the number. That's also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. I see Javi in Vacaville. Uh, we're going to get to you on the other side, Javi, but I'm interested to see where Warrior fans are uh, on this one with, with Bob Myers. I mean, you, you don't want to lose Bob Myers, do you? I mean, you, you just don't. No, he is he is at the core of this. We we kind of laid out the culture yesterday, and and I, I forgot to put Steve Kerr in there. That's on me. But you know, you have ownership, you have Bob Myers, you have Steph Curry at the bottom of all of it, laying the foundation, and Steve Kerr, of course. So if you lose one of those core pieces, yes, that's not a good thing. Right, right. Six five zero. The writing's on the wall for this scenario to play out, and Bob can spend more time at home with the family while he's helping. So essentially, get the. Uh, the Travis Schlenk treatment, where you is Bob, in, is Bob Myers trying out? <laughs> no, he's not trying out. He's not trying out. So I, I don't I hope not. I don't understand why he doesn't, but he doesn't, and it it means I, you know Ray Ratto said it. I said Ray, this is something with Bob Myers, and he goes, well, it's not nothing. <laughs> so I, I'll consider that a, a a win as it relates to a discussion. seal of approval. Discussion with uh, Ray Ratto. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, Golden State Warriors, game two of their eight-game homestand tonight at Chase Center, 7 o'clock tip-off. J.D.'s got Warriors live at 6 o'clock. And uh, Golden State, Steve Kerr, talked about he's feeling a little bit like this is the time to turn it around. We're going to play some of that Steve Kerr sound. Talk more about the Warriors on the other side. We also got Ross Tucker coming up at 1.30. And uh, we are absolutely, positively going to get into some 49ers conversation because there seems to be a lot of talk about the quarterback situation. I'll tell you what. I think it's, I think it's uh, basically in, a best, in the best place it may be since Kyle Shanahan started here. Mm-hmm. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.